guys, welcome to our Wednesday night service. I hope you enjoyed that time of worship. And I want to remind you that we leave this service up so you can share it, you can encourage others with it, or you can go back and engage with the music again and enjoy the songs that we have. Or if you miss a part of the message and want to go back and listen again, you sure can. But we've been diving into the Psalms. If it's your first time joining us, we've, we've done this for a few weeks. So there's some Psalms you can go back and read. But tonight, if you just want to start where we are, we're going to be in Psalm 121. And it's a Psalm that I've heard quoted more probably in the last three weeks than the whole year altogether. It's one of those that we've, we've quoted bits and pieces of here and there. And it's one that matters a lot to us. Last week, we were in Psalm 127, and I told you it's a psalm of ascent, which is a song that they sing when they're going up to Jerusalem to make their pilgrimage for one of the big festivals that the Jews would go to. This Psalm 121 is also a psalm of ascent. So anytime a Jew would go up to Jerusalem for one of the big festivals, they would sing this psalm somewhere along the route. And it's called ascent because they're ascending, they're climbing up to go to Jerusalem. And as I was preparing for this message, I was reminded and, uh, of this beautiful thought that Jesus is a Jew. Jesus would have sung these psalms going up to Jerusalem for the festivals. And, and we see in Scripture that Jesus did go to Jerusalem, and he ended up teaching in the temple when he was just a, a 12-year-old young boy. Uh, we can read about that in Luke chapter 8-ish. But Jesus sang these, these words as was tradition for all Jews as they headed up to Jerusalem. So as we read through this tonight, I think it's really cool to think through Jesus saying these words about his Father in heaven, and Jesus fulfills these words as he ministers on earth and as he continues to minister to us where we are. So it's really a transcending message packed into eight short verses. But this psalm, is, it's for today. It's for us right now, I think, because it's a psalm about confidence and trust in the Lord. Confidence and trust knowing that he has this season in his hands, knowing that he has a plan for right now, that he is at work in the right now. So if you've been wrestling with, struggling with, uh, crippled by or tempted with fear or doubt or worry or anxiety, concern, lack, if you feel like you're in a spot where you need, this psalm has good news for us. If you're just trying to learn more, if you lack wisdom, want to know more, want to be more like Jesus, this psalm has good news for us, because it's an assurance that God is at work. It's an assurance that God is who he says he is, and he continues to do what he says he'll do. And it's a promise for us to continue to find help, because God is there to help us, and he's working in the storm, and he's working in this mess. And so I've, I've kind of alluded a lot to the last six weeks or so. We've talked a lot about shelter in place and change and how we're living with this fear of COVID-19 and all of the strings attached to it. But I think we also need to be looking forward to God is at work for today and he's got big plans for tomorrow. We don't know what they are. We don't know when they come, but he's still at work today and he's still for tomorrow. He's still over tomorrow. And Psalm 121 gives us an opportunity to look toward that tomorrow, to know that he's here today. And so we're going to read a couple verses here, a couple verses there, and then we break them down. And so if you want to pull up Psalm 121 on your computer in another browser, on a different Bible app, if you want to open a Bible so you can annotate along, you are welcome to do that. But at the same time, I did want to show you, we'll have them here on the screen. Everything that you need is right here available to you. So we're going to start in verse 1 and just read the first two verses to get going. 
Psalm 121. I lift my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And we'll stop there. This is the part that we've probably heard numerous times. This is the part that's been real to us, that we've heard it in songs, we've seen it on plaques, we've reminded people in times of doubt and worry, but it's a really cool example. The, the key phrase to remember here is, is look up. I lift my eyes, I look up to the hills, I look up at the mountaintops. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. A lot of us are, are prone to looking up when we're beat down. And when we hit rock bottom, there's only two options. We can grab a shovel and start digging, or we can look up where my help comes from. We look at these mountains, we look at these hills, and the mountains don't help, the hills don't help. The maker of the mountains, the maker of the hills helps. The creator of this universe helps us. Each individual helps us. He is our help. He is our provision. He is all that we need. So when I read this, I, I think a little bit about my son. I've got a son who's about one and a half, and he is all in all the time. He loves to run as fast as he can. He loves to jump and then try to land on his bottom or land on his feet. He's jumping off the couch, onto the couch. He's just all boy and very rambunctious. But because he's like that, he's prone to hurt himself a whole lot. And so when he's jumping or running, he'll fall down and he'll say, ouch. And when he says, ouch, he starts to look up and he puts his hands up in the air and he reaches and he says, hold you, hold you, dada, dada, because he wants me to pick him up. He wants me to hold him because he's hurting and he needs to be comforted because he's in a spot where he can't help himself and he needs someone else to help him. And so through reflecting on this psalm, I've been in a place where I've been thinking about that, looking up for help. And now when I see my son reaching up for me, saying, hold you, dada, help please, it, it puts me in the spot of that's how God is with us. Even though I've told him, be careful, slow down, don't jump there, watch out for that, don't run here, look out for these things. Even though I've given him every warning, I've provided safe paths for him to travel, safe speeds, even though I've taught him so much, he still chooses his own speed, his own route, and he falls down, and he needs help. And that's how God, our Father, our Creator is with us. Even though he's given us a clear path, he's given us safe measures and safe standards to live by, he's given us solid teaching to heed and advice to follow, we choose our own way, and we fall down, and we get hurt, and we need help. So would we respond like a child in those moments when we remember that we've fallen, we've stumbled, we've tripped, we, we got caught into this temptation. We've fallen into that sin. We've pursued that wrong desire again, and we're stuck. And we need help, please. Where are we looking for help? Would we look up? Look up to the hills, the highest point, to remind us that even higher than that, God is coming to meet us in our mess. And that's the good news of this song. As these Jews are ascending the mountaintops, ascending an elevation to go to Jerusalem, they're singing, I'm looking up, I'm walking up to this pilgrimage to Jerusalem to celebrate God. And as I look up, as I'm walking up, my help comes from the Lord, the, the maker of these mountains and these hilltops that are so huge. The image of a child is, is a pretty solid image for this, but also I think when I get stuck in my marriage, 
and and I just I keep saying the wrong thing, I keep doing the wrong thing. I, I need help. I always look up for that help. Sometimes looking up means looking to someone who's been married longer than me or looking to someone who has a strong marriage that I respect that I look up to. And I say, help, please. And I believe that God has placed these people in my life to encourage my marriage, to show me how to be a godly husband and a godly father. And so I look up to them for help and God uses them and God steers me through them into a better spot, a wiser way of thinking. But before that, I, I often try to fix it myself. I go about my own, my own ability, my own power, my own words, trying to fix, trying to repair, and often I'm digging myself deeper into a hole. And the reminder here is that I should look up for help. The best way for us to look up is to pray. God, would you help me? I, I really don't know what to do. Or I've got a few ideas of what I, I want to do next, but I have a feeling they're not the right thing. So God, would you meet me in this? As I look up to you, would you meet me in this to help strengthen my marriage, strengthen my parenting? Also with our job, if you've ever been in a spot at work where you just can't figure out the task you've been assigned, you can't manage to get through this one part of a project, naturally we look to someone who knows a little bit more, someone who's worked on this thing a little bit longer than us, someone who's been in this experience, this situation before, or it's our, our supervisor or boss. We look, up, we, we look up the org chart and say, would you help? So all of this created design that we're a part of nurtures us to looking up to someone, to something to get the help we need. But would God be that someone, that something that we look up to? I'm not saying it's, it's not wise to look up to people who are more experienced, who have more authority, ability, we need to look up to those people that God has put in our lives to strengthen and nurture us, but we need to look up. I also think of when, when I have a complaint, I'm on the phone with a, a company that I've worked with that I, that I frequent for my cable or for my phone or for a, a product they've supplied me, and I'm upset. When I talk to the first person, I want to move up to the next one. Say, hey, I know you can only do so much. I need to talk to your supervisor. And then if, I, if they can't give me what I want, I, I want to talk to their manager. I want to talk to the department head. And then I'm going to get on Twitter and, and tweet that company and just say, hey, fix this, please. So we're looking up. We're continuing to look up. But when we do it by our own authority, it leads to us being exhausted and impatient and worn out. And I don't think that's wise. So where are we looking? The other thing is we're looking up for help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. That help comes through asking. Jesus teaches us in Matthew 7, he says, you should ask and you'll receive. You shall seek and you will find. Just knock and the door's gonna be open to you. Don't get caught up in this continual cycle like I do, where I'm just always trying to fix it on my own, fix it on my own, fix it on my own. God, I know you'll meet me at rock bottom. I'll see you there as I keep trying to fix this situation on my own. Let's look up faster by bowing our heads and raising our hands and, and praying to God and crying out, I need help. And I know if I look up and recognize that you are there, you will help me. So God, would you be my help? Would you hear my pleas? Our prayers aren't falling on deaf ears. Our requests aren't being met with emptiness. For every need we have, he supplies. 
For every prayer we have, we answer. It's not always the answer we want, but when we're looking up to the hills to see that the help comes from above them, he's got something better in store for us. And sometimes no leads to better. Let's keep reading. We're going to read a big chunk of this before we close with the last two verses. So we're going to pick up in Psalm 121, verse 3. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. There's a lot of good stuff in here that makes me think about Jesus in this. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. These are character qualities of a good caretaker. Our help comes from the Lord. Well, here's, here's who the Lord is. Here's what he's like. He's not going to let us fall. He's not going to let us hurt ourselves. He's not going to just slumber and sleep. Just wake me up when you need something. He watches over us. He's your shade at your right hand, meaning he's, he's over us, casting his shade upon us. And his sun will not harm us. The moon will not harm us. Day and night, he's watching over us consistently. And when I think of the, the first part, he will not let your foot slip. I think about Matthew chapter 14. The story shows up in Matthew and in Mark and in John of the disciples out on a boat. Jesus told them, get in the boat, go to the other side. Before this, he had just fed 5,000 men. So maybe even 10,000 people overall. And so he, he's probably a little tired. He says, I'm going to go up to the mountaintop, the mountainside, and I'm going to pray. I'm going to go up there. You guys go across. I'll meet you over there. Just before he fed the 5,000, his cousin and one of his best friends, John the Baptist, was killed. And so he's got some grieving to do, some praying to do, and he's worn out. If Jesus is anything like me after preaching, he just wants to watch Netflix and chill out. But instead, he goes to the mountainside to draw near to his father to pray. While the disciples are out on the sea, choppy waters, getting a little concerned, I'm sure. So I'm going to read little bits and pieces of Matthew 14 here for you uh, to, to kind of sum up the story. But I want to use the words of the scripture to help me get there. And so he, he sends the disciples on their way. And after he had dismissed them, he went to a mountainside by himself to pray. So he, he's withdrawing. But I think it's, it's fitting if, as we follow this story to note right here that Jesus is on the mountainside. He went up into the mountains. He's going to pray. He's sending them on their way. And so they're out on the boat later that night. They're, it's, they're trying to travel from one side of the sea to the other side. And it's probably going to take them all night. And the water goes up and down. The winds are blowing and howling. Surely these disciples are worn out because they just sat through a long sermon. They just fed 5,000 people as well. And so they're, they're tired. They're probably fighting with each other because a lot of the disciples are brothers. It's three sets of brothers that are, that are probably bickering and fighting. You're doing that wrong or hold the sail here or do this or that and critiquing each other. So surely they're worn out. And then while, while they're trying to battle the wind to get across to the other side, like Jesus told them to, they look out and they see a ghost. They see a, a white figure walking across the water, on the water. So they're frightened and they lay down. The disciples saw him walking on the lake. They were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus said to them, take courage. I am. Don't be afraid. And then Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come out on the water. This is huge. So Jesus says, come. 
Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. Peter's walking on the water. This is a huge miracle. But even before that, I want us to go back to where Jesus was. He was on the mountainside. These disciples, working with Jesus, knowing him so well, should have known that he was going to care for them. But instead, they're worried. They're out on the boat. The wind is blowing. The boat is rocking. They're tired and worn out. And when they do see him, they get afraid because they think he's a ghost. But instead, Jesus shows up from the mountains onto the sea, and he walks over to them on the water. And Peter starts to walk toward him. But when Peter saw the wind, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? And when they climbed in the boat, the wind died down. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. When I look my eyes up to the hills, to the mountaintop, to the mountainside, Jesus was there to help them. And right here he says, he will not let your foot slip. And so Peter's walking after Jesus says, don't be afraid, take courage, I am. Which is the the phrase that he has continued Old Testament, New Testament. I am. Meaning I am God, I am the provider, I am in this, I am for this. Peter says, let me walk to you. Jesus says, come. Right after Jesus says, don't be afraid, as Peter's walking on the water, he looks and he sees that the wind is blowing and he can feel the waves crashing against his legs and he gets afraid. Almost immediately after, Jesus said, don't be afraid. And he starts to fall, but immediately Jesus grabs him and he does not let his foot slip. Instead, he puts him back up into the boat. And then when they get in the boat, the wind dies down because the wind obeys the name of the Lord. He says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt me? So equating back to Psalm 121, he will not let your foot slip. He will not slumber. He was up on the mountain praying all night as they're laboring for hours to get across the sea. And then he just walks up to them. And then he catches Peter and then he calms the wind and he makes everything a little bit easier just by being there. So they're able to finish the journey across the sea. This is a big win for the disciples, but it's a big reminder for us that Jesus is here with us. Jesus is meeting us where we are. So this God that we look to for help showed up in the form of a person in his son, Jesus. And and he leaves his spirit with us that brings us peace, that equips us for every good work, as scripture says, and points us to the fact that he will not let us slip, he will not let us fall when we could focus on him focus our eyes on him, direct our attention toward him when we look up to him for help rather than seeking all these other things that we think might help. Maybe if I just drank to take away the pain. Maybe if I just took one more hit of this so that I might get a little bump of energy. Maybe if I just left my family so I don't have to deal with hardship. Maybe if I found some other spouse, some other form of pleasure, maybe that'd meet my needs. But instead, we have the opportunity to look at him Focus on him, look up to him where our help comes because he's providing that help. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. I love the idea of shade because over the past week, we've had like three or four days where it's gotten into the 90s. And all three or four of those days have been days where I've needed to be outside working on stuff in my backyard so that we could have vegetables growing in the garden. It'd be great but we don't have any shade in my backyard and it gets so hot 
And so I retreat to the little patio where we have a little bit of shade. And when I retreat to that patio, it's, it's instantly like 10 degrees cooler. And that shade cools me down, gives me a rest, gives me a break. And that's how God behaves for us. He's the shade. And shade shows us a lot. When you're walking in the sun, when you're feeling like the sun is just beating down on you and you have nowhere to hide, you're going to get sunburned, you're going to get hurt, you're going to get sick, dehydrated, whatever it may be. The example of shade is that God is close enough to cover us in his shade. God is present watching over us, not from afar, but present enough to provide his shade, the shade at our right hand. And when we're in the shade, we're comforted, we're cool. When I withdraw the shade, I get to put my shovel down, I go to the shade and I'm cool, I'm comforted. I don't feel the the beating heat of the sunlight anymore. Because the other promise of this psalm is that the sun would not harm you. So by day, God is watching over us. God is with us. And so I hope that we would approach shade a little bit differently. As we read through this psalm, we would remember when we get into those moments where we're covered by shade, we'd be reminded that God is as close as whatever it is shading us. That God is near us, shading us, providing us comfort and coolness and support to get us through because he is our help. And the sun and the moon is, is just another reminder that day and night, he is watching over us. The sun will not strike us by day. The moon will not harm us by night. God is providing total protection. And for some of the Jews reciting this, they're living in a culture where there's these ancient gods in the Near East who were believed to descend from the underworld. So these gods would come alive and, and come out at night to harm and hurt your, your favor, your luck, your crops your provision, your family. And so people would have fear at night and wait for joy in the morning. But God, our help, our shade is here, sun and moon, day and night, providing for us, watching over us and comforting us. And then he ends with these last two verses. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. So not just today, the Lord will keep you from all harm. Not whatever you're seeking to solve your problem will keep you from harm. Not you have the ability to protect yourself from harm. Because when we try by our own ability, by our own authority, by our own power, we don't always get the result we're hoping for. But when we look our eyes up to the hills where our help comes from, the maker of heaven and earth can meet us in that need and help us. If we be more like Peter and have the courage to step out onto the water and walk toward him, but less like Peter and not just look at the wind and the waves and everything coming at us so we might fall, but find assurance that we can trust in him because he will not let us fall. He will not let us slip. He is the shade at our right hand and he will keep you from all harm and he'll watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going both now and forevermore. And this last verse is so comforting to me is, As we as a state begin to uh, loosen up some of the restrictions on shelter in place, I find comfort knowing that the Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. I don't take this as a freedom to be flippant and just walk out and start kissing doorknobs again and start living freely and consuming germs. I'm still going to consider proceeding cautiously with wisdom, but I'm not going to live life in fear crippled by anxiety because I have assurance that the Lord will watch over my coming and my going. When I go out and when I come back, 
I have someone watching over me. I get to walk in his shade, in his comfort forevermore. So I don't have to fear today. I don't have to fear tomorrow. Even though the governor may lift everything or the the commissioner may say, yeah, go do whatever you want. We don't have to fear what's in front of us because we have assurance that God is watching over us. We should proceed with wisdom. We should proceed cautiously. We should consider wise action and know that he's got us. And sometimes we may get caught in storms. Sometimes we may have to begin an uphill walk, but he's going to meet us where we are and comfort us in this. And so to close out, I wanted to issue this challenge, this one question for you to consider every day this week. And that question is, where are you looking for help? What are you seeking for help? Is it in your pantry, your refrigerator? Is it in the garage fridge, the liquor cabinet? Is it on the internet? Is it someone you shouldn't be texting? Where are you looking for help? And then the response to that challenge should be an action, which is to pray. And I want to challenge us all to set an alarm on your phone or on your alarm clock. You could have Alexa set it for you. Set an alarm every day and pray at the same time every day. Just pray for help. You may not even know what you need help with, but he knows the cries of your heart, the groans of your spirit. So let's pray to him. Let's look up to him and trust in him. So who, who are you seeking for help? Where are you looking for help? And let's pray every day. So I want to close in prayer and then we'll leave with that challenge. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being our help. You are so present with us, casting your shade upon us, breathing your coolness into our life. I ask that you'd give us assurance and confidence to know that you are at work in that, that you're meeting us in that. We're so grateful to have an opportunity to draw near to you, whether it's walking out on the water or just being comforted in the boat with you. Would you give us confidence that you're at work in this time, that you are watching over our coming and our going, that you are meeting us here in our need and providing provision for that need? And would you give us eyes to see that we have grace for today, we have confidence in who you are, and you have saved us through the gift of that grace through the death and resurrection of your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you guys so much. We look forward to seeing you on Sunday.